Welcome to the Innovate CT Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Innovate CT Podcast. And I'm excited to announce that for this episode, we actually have a guest host, Rana Arshad Haviz, an educator and community worker here in Connecticut for over 20 years. She'll be guest hosting a variety of podcasts for Innovate Connecticut over the upcoming weeks and months, and we're super excited to have her be part of the show. Thank you, Nadine, for taking the time to talk to us. I'm here with Nadine Krauss today. Uh, Nadine is the director of Holberton School here in New Haven, uh, which is, um, I would consider it a fresh new way to think about uh, tech startup, social entrepreneurship, and uh, particularly higher ed. So uh, Nadine, why don't we start with talking a little bit about the concept of Holberton and why Connecticut and what, um, why do you think it's important uh, for it, you know, for, 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 for the company to exist? Absolutely. So I think it would probably be really helpful if I give you just the baseline of what Holberton is. So at a high level, we are an innovative approach to education uh, that is aimed to train highly skilled software and operations engineers who are also well-rounded. And um, this happens in two years or less, and it's it's regardless of your background, your education level, or even your career aspiration. And what we should probably get into a little bit more as well is the fact that our education model is free until you get your first full-time job. Uh, The school was launched three years ago in Silicon Valley by two entrepreneurs who at the time themselves were working in the tech industry. Uh, One was working at Docker, one was working at LinkedIn, and they were both either formally or informally invested in helping their companies grow. And they noticed three things very quickly. Number one, simply wasn't enough talent available in the market. Number two, Uh, You mentioned diversity before, right? Not enough uh, women, people of color, they mostly met white men. Um, And they also noticed that even if they did find individuals who had good technical skills, maybe they weren't the right technical skills in terms of what they were looking for. And in many cases, they didn't have the the really good solid technical, uh, sorry, uh, software They didn't have the right soft skills or uh, professional skills that would allow them to then be successful in the workplace starting on day one. And so um, this challenge of finding qualified and diverse talent is definitely not unique to Silicon Valley or the tech sector. We are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution which basically means that technology is at the core of everything, right? And companies in every industry are finding themselves having to navigate what has been called the digital transformation and really the digitization of our economy. And um, we're expected to see about uh, 1 million open computing and software engineering jobs by 2020. In 2017, that number was 550. So this is one of the fields that's really growing, which again emphasizes where we're at in our in our world today. And the bottom line also is that we have not invested in the talent pipeline in the right way through our traditional education system. So in order for us to really fill those jobs and to um, drive our economic development in the right way where technology is playing such a critical role, we have to think about education differently and we have to get there in a different way. And so our co-founders came up with this concept that is called Holberton after Betty Holberton, who was one of the pioneers, a woman uh, in, in the industry many, many years ago. Um, 
um, and it addresses the shortage of talent, it addresses the skills gap that we've talked about, and the diversity issue. So as a parent, um, you know, if I were to hear what you just said, I would be very excited, but I would have two major questions. Um, so how is this particular degree transferable to, say, after you leave Holberton, you know, where is there a degree that I get? Is there a certificate that I get? How well recognized is it? And what value does that piece of paper have? And then the second important question is what is the value? I, I know you said that you don't pay the fee unless until you get your first job. But if, you know, two years down the line, is it like a complete you're, you're so confident of the education that you provide that, you know, mm -hmm. two years down the line, you won't have, uh, what if I don't get if my kid is not employed? So if you could talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. So two things come to mind. Number one, our curriculum is developed in partnership with industry. So there's over 100 experts, uh, some of them software engineers, all of them somehow involved in, in tech and working in tech jobs that helped us build both our core curriculum in full stack software engineering as well as our specialization, which cover year two. And um, that allows us to really ensure that the skills that our uh, students are gaining while they are here are aligned with what the industry is looking for. And because we are a startup, because we're a small education, because we're not um, uh, tied down by some of the expectations that are placed on traditional higher ed, we're much more nimble and we can continue to re revise our curriculum on an ongoing basis, which is important because of the rate of change in the tech sector, right? Mm -hmm. Knowledge and even coding languages and things that we're using um, are sometimes changing like month over month, right? There's always something new. And um, the second thing to more specifically address your question of like what is it that student receive, students receive or graduates receive, uh, we are licensed both in the state of California and in the state of Connecticut uh, through the licensing body for higher education. I don't recall what the name is in, in uh, uh, California, but here in Connecticut, it's the state's office of higher education. So for all intents and purposes, our students receive a, uh, um, a formal uh, certification of completion that uh, certifies that our students are full-stack software engineers, and if they complete one of our specializations, it includes that. Um, and what we feel at Holberton is key is the fact that while many companies maybe are still looking for some sort of college education, we're starting to realize this trend of, wait a minute, our students are graduating from traditional higher ed programs, but they're not prepared for the jobs that are open today, right? And there's a lot that goes into preparing that well-rounded skill set and helping our young people be ready for what is expected in today's world. So we really focus on uh, developing the critical thinking skills, the problem-solving skills needed, uh, as well as the social skills and the, and the interpersonal soft skills, right? That um, are really going to make somebody successful on day one. In a lot of ways, you can say we're like the sweet spot between a boot camp that is really specialized and maybe focuses on one skill set or one programming language and one technology, um, or uh, on the other end of the spectrum, a four-year or maybe even a six-year um, traditional higher uh, ed education through college or university, uh, where you're also taking other uh, courses that maybe don't help you get the hands-on training that you need to be a good software engineer. 
So um, uh, could you talk a little bit about the cost of the program? What is the cost of the program to the student? How much does the student pay back after they get their job? Yeah, so I actually, um, I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction to answer that question because we talked a little bit about diversity already, right? So two things come to mind here. Number one, um, in order for us to be able to get to uh, the numbers that we need to be able to fill that skills gap and, and fill those open jobs, we need this type of education to be accessible to as many people as possible. And we also need diversity in tech because we need people from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, thinking about how we're going to solve today's problems and tomorrow's problems. And the reality is that, right, if we have one section of our society that is not representative of our population as a whole, thinking about using technology to solve problems, we're just not going to get there, right? It's going to be linear thinking in, in a lot of ways. And it's going to be biased. You're hearing that coming out of Silicon Valley companies all the time, right? The code's biased, the apps are biased, there's bias behind the scenes, etc. Um, so our approach at the core, really, of our mission is this idea that this education model should be accessible to as many people as possible. And it needs to be accessible, right, to solve that talent shortage. Um, and so we accomplish that in two ways. One is our tuition model, right, which you, we mentioned earlier. It's free until you get a job. The application is free. There's no fees to attend. You, you're not buying books. You do not even need to buy your own computer because we're open 24-7 and we have 32 machines here. Um, and so there's no upfront cost. And then when you graduate, and only if you find a full-time job, will you start paying us back? on a, so to say, deferred tuition model at 17% of your base salary for three and a half years. And that's it. And that's important, again, because number one, it takes off some of the pressure, makes this model more accessible to people from different economic backgrounds that might not be in a position to consider traditional education. And it also allows us to get this highly skilled talent into all facets of society, nonprofits, different startups, even in the social space, right, where this skill set is now needed and where technology can um, uh, really uh, accelerate economic development, right, versus having to say, okay, now I have this high tuition bill and I need to get a job so I can pay this off as quickly as possible, right? So we give that flexibility. We also make this model much more accessible through our application process. So in traditional higher education, what you're seeing is an application process that emphasizes prior experience, being a well-rounded candidate, you know, all the different things that we hear about. And it puts a lot of pressure on our students. And sometimes it also misses the point. Because the point mm -hmm. is, do you have an aptitude to do this? And do you have the passion and the motivation? And that is exactly what we test for. Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways, we could say, our application process is more of an aptitude test and it's also blind because we only ask for your name and your contact information and whether or not you have a high school diploma up front um, and everything else we're not interested in and then our application tests for talent and for motivation through different challenges and in a lot of ways mimics our program mm -hmm. which then also allows our applicants to be able to tell whether or not this is something they would enjoy in terms of the subject matter and the learning experience. So uh, let me ask you another um, question here. So it seems like Holberton is solving a lot of problems that we see both in secondary education and higher ed. So I know it started just three years ago, but a lot of state schools, I can say this with confidence about Connecticut at least, there is a lot of talk about how the state schools and the community colleges can 
remain relevant and effective? And how can they support our students, especially where the cost of higher ed is rising so quickly? So has Holburton ever considered pairing either with the secondary schools or with the higher ed space, so which would mean like the community colleges, the mm-hmm. state schools, especially now with the P-TECH model being very um, popular and a lot of people are talking about you know, the same skills that even when students, they go to college, they don't essentially bring in the skills that a lot of industry is looking for. So I feel that Holborton is trying to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. But pairing with a secondary system or a higher ed system would, you know, kind of address it. Like, for example, if I had a student who wanted to go to Holborton, I would say, wouldn't it be wonderful if they could come to Holborton and go to a community college or be in secondary school and be going to Holborton at the same time? So um, what has been the thinking about that? Uh, Excellent question. And on the one hand, we are doing that, um, and I'll touch on that in a moment. On the other hand, what I want to emphasize is that our program is very rigorous. It's a full-time program. It's intense, it's challenging, and that's by design Mm -hmm. uh, because that is how we can assure that the talent that's graduating, the companies then have access to, is really at a very high level. Um, So just in terms of the product that we offer, it's one very specific thing. It's an expedited two-year program that emphasizes uh, the the deep technical knowledge for both systems and operations engineers. Um, And it also, um, so front end, back end, right, we're full stack. Um, And it also emphasizes the soft skills and the professional skills. Now, our students are not all right out of high school. We have an age range of about 18 to 58 across campuses with an average age of 29 uh, at both campuses, actually. Um, And we're seeing people that are coming either right out of high school or have tried college and have found that it's not the right solution for them. Um, Or we're seeing people that are re-entering the workforce and are making a career change. Um, We actually have a math teacher in the program right now. This is a natural career progression for her, so that's really exciting. Uh, We have somebody who has a degree in library sciences, master's degree even, that is making a career chance, a change for a chance at a better paying job and more rewarding career maybe. Um, And so... um, the, the, the way in which we are partnering with secondary education and maybe other education models is to say, you know, let's, let's make sure that every um, high school in the state, not just the technical schools, are aware of the fact that a model like this exists and that is accessible to people from all backgrounds. And how can we then make this more accessible and tangible to even the students in high school that maybe have not considered a tech education, computer science, because of their environment, because it's just not a program that's offered or a class that's offered in their school, um, or because of the narrative in our society, right, if you're a woman, that this is not necessarily the types of job that so many women are in. Um, And so we're partnering with schools to help students understand whether or not this is something they might be interested in. And I'm in the process of planning a career and job shadow day with some hands-on things, right, where uh, students can play a little bit. We're doing information sessions at um, high schools and tech high schools across the state. And we're making sure that especially the influencers, so the the, the math and science teachers and the career and college counselors and the administrators, are aware of Holburton and what it is and can then nudge students in that direction if they see something where there maybe is an interest and a passion. Um, And so we always recommend just take our application. It's free. It's a way for you to test if you would enjoy this. 
Um, and then we are also talking to uh, community colleges and even universities to say, this might be a great option, a great pathway, right? That word is being used a lot. What's the pathway for somebody coming out of a community college, not just high school, to then further their education and understand what different opportunities exist? On the flip side, we're doing similar work with workforce services organization and, and different training programs across the state, retraining programs, um, to make sure that they're aware we exist for anybody who might have the aptitude and the passion, isn't maybe aware of it, but has um, transferable skills um, so that we can get people from all walks of life into this talent funnel. You mentioned um, a little bit about that, how intense this program is. Uh, so for the two years that students are here, is it possible for them to hold on to like a part-time job and be here or you, the, the schedule does not allow for something like that? The short answer is that the schedule does make it difficult and it would be really hard for most people. Mm -hmm. um, it is an intensive and expedited program so that you can actually get to that full-time job quicker. Um, but that is one of the sort of last frontiers that we have and we've been working with some of our corporate partners and sponsors to uh, raise funding to um, create a life stipend program uh, for our students to help with living expenses and some of the day-to-day. -day. So almost like a mini scholarship, right? Um, they have done that out in San Francisco and have even discovered that um, there was a student living out of his car because God knows San Francisco's cost of living is very high. We think it's high in Connecticut, but it's like three times as much in San Francisco. And so um, there's, there's some really wonderful articles online about Max Johnson how the school discovered his grades were dropping and that the reason was just too many outside, you know, life challenges, one of them being living out of his car and not having enough money to eat. And so they worked with one of their um, uh, trustees and spokespeople who's actually Neo, mm -hmm. who's an artist uh, in the music scene, a very successful artist, uh, who's really passionate about our model and technology uh, education um, to raise money to be able to help the student. And that has been something that we're trying to do here as well. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, obviously, this is a very innovative way of thinking about, um, you know, have an impact in society and higher ed, and at the same time, think about, you know, skills or education in a way that really empowers students to be successful. So um, what does innovation mean to Holberton? Yeah, so our model and approach to education leverages peer-based learning and project-based learning. We'd have no teachers and we have no classes. So what you find in traditional higher education is a more traditional approach to education that is more passive. Uh, and uh, we feel that our way of teaching uh, is because it's very hands-on and it's very much focused on problem solving and critical thinking. Um, our students are learning in a way that is much more aligned with what is ultimately going to be expected of them in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, so our students are working on very tough challenges. They are developing soft skills and professional skills along the way uh, because we have formal peer learning days and a peer learning framework where they're really expected to rely on each other, to support each other. And um, uh, they're giving presentations every day, so they're learning um, they're learning about being comfortable in that setting, expressing their ideas both in a group setting, in a team setting, and on a stage. Um, and uh, you know, we often say, you know, we get the question, 
So what happens if I'm paired with somebody I don't like or I don't work that well? We, we say, congratulations, you have won the real life lottery because guess what? This is going to happen to you mm -hmm. throughout your career. And it's much more important that you know how to navigate a situation like that and a relationship like that than for us to switch you and just make it easy because it's already a tough program, right? Um, and the bottom line is that our students also learn how to learn which is probably the most important thing because it means that their skills are never going to become obsolete. So they're still making an investment in our education, right, even if the model is slightly different or a lot different, really, um, for, how, for how they pay for, for the program. But they're still making an investment, and we want to prepare them for a lifelong career. And a lot of the things that we do really um, are the building blocks for learning how to learn um, and continuing to be able to refine your skills along the way. Uh, you spoke about diversity a fair amount earlier in our conversation and through the conversation. Um, why is it important and what, is, what does it mean to Holberton? So I think I mentioned already that in order for us to be able to um, use technology for good, so to say, right, and not just, hey, what's the next biggest application that's going to make somebody rich, right? To, in order to truly use technology to solve problems, it's important that we um, have people from all walks of life, from different backgrounds, um, who've had different experiences, who are facing different realities in their day-to-day -day before they come to Holburton. It's important that we have all of those people in the program coming together um, to uh, then say, how are we going to use this skill set in our world, again, to solve the problems of today and the challenges tomorrow that we don't even know what they are. And if, uh, if we didn't have the diversity, then it would be very easy for us to sort of like get into this group think and to maybe prioritize the economic return of technology, whereas in this way, we're really getting that focus on solving problems and the dynamism, the dynamics of people thinking about things in a different way. Um, the other reason why it is important is if we don't focus on making this accessible to people from all walks of life, from different socioeconomic backgrounds, then we're not going to be able to fill the open jobs, and that is going to really slow down our ability to continue to develop as a nation economically. So when you, um, you, you talked about this a little bit bef before, but I just want to kind of explore this a little bit further. Um, Traditionally, that you know, when you think hear about young people getting a job at, say, Google or at Facebook or any one of those organizations, um, you know, you were probably uh, you were probably coming out of one of the top engineering schools or one of the top institutions, and there was a rigorous hiring process that you were going through, and then you were you know finally hired. So when Holberton talks about you know partnering with different corporate uh, partners, and it has some really giants who are partnering with it. Um, is it that these organizations are thinking about their hiring practices differently? Is that what, um, uh, or uh, or is that, you know, how does Holburton become, an, uh, a Holburton applicant become an attractive applicant in that kind of traditional space that we have found uh, thus far? It's a great question, and I think there's, uh, again, sort of two answers here. Uh, 
Number one, absolutely. We're starting to see, see a shift. There was an article that came out last fall that highlighted the fact that big companies like the Googles, the Apples, the Ernst & Youngs of the world uh, uh, as well, um, and several others are de-emphasizing the need for a four-year degree. Uh, another trend that we're seeing related to this is especially larger companies um, and especially in the tech sector, what they're starting to do is reaching actually into the high schools and pulling out the students that really have an aptitude for tech and programming and, and coding and then bringing into them into their context right out of high school and they've designed training programs to then teach them the skills that they need to succeed and have a career um, in, uh, in Google or Apple, etc. And uh, of course there are smaller companies who can't afford to do this, but again, we're starting to see that shift. Now, there's still opportunity to grow here. So the second answer I would give is part of what we're doing through our model is working very closely with companies to help them realize that especially for a field like tech, having the hands-on experience, being a good problem solver, being a strong critical thinker, having um, the ability to really express your ideas and being able to learn new technologies quickly is much more important than having that four-year degree. Because in a, in a lot of ways, a four-year degree is a piece of paper today, right? There are really great skills that we're learning along the way. And hey, if, you're, if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or even a nurse, it's important that you go through a certain type of training program. If you want to be a poet, and if you have that skill set, great. It might make sense because you're exposed to different things. But for certain things, for certain trades, right, this uh, professional model, this trade school model makes a lot more sense. And companies are starting to realize that. So um, as somebody who thinks a lot about education, um, there is tremendous value um, even though I myself have a math science background, I also strongly believe there's tremendous value to liberal arts education, which pushes you and teaches you how to think. So like if I were to think of a dream education for anybody, you know, any person who's going to be a contributing member of our society, I would say a combination of excellent um, like, you know, liberal arts skills and excellent technology skills. So does Holberton think about that? And if it does, how does it address? Because, you know, uh, technical skills are one part, but then liberal arts education gives you the ability to think broadly, think about many other aspects, you know, think big picture. So um, how is that addressed in a Holberton education? So I have not designed the curriculum, <laughs> so I can't speak to the, the specifics uh, in terms of how that's woven into what we do. But I know that as far as the ethos and the culture here at Holberton uh, is concerned, we very much emphasize that. I don't know if you saw when we did the tour, we've actually named our rooms after very influential people. There's a little barcode, a uh, little QR code that you can scan with your phone to get more information about those individuals. We have artwork around the school uh, by different people across the world um, and across history. Um, so we have a, a Frida Kahlo room, we have a Mark Twain room, Prudence Crandall, um, uh, Malala Yousafzai, who's a current figure right now that's really um, been instrumental in advocating for education for women. Um, so all of these are individuals from different backgrounds and we, we in some cases in more direct ways, but in a lot of indirect ways, like through how our space is designed, try to emphasize that. Now, um, 
we do know that about half or more of our students come into the program with some sort of higher education, right? We have about half that only have a college, uh, sorry, only a um, high school education. Um, so in a lot of ways, they're coming from different walks of life. And what we also encourage is an expression of creativity. So every day at 1130, we have our stand-ups, which for all intents and purposes is a student assembly. We have announcements. That's when we have our presentations. And we have two students per day giving three-minute presentations, and we don't prescribe the topic. And so they're choosing different topics. We've had many live musical performances, and we really try to foster that in a lot of ways. The other way in which we get at this is to get sort of I guess what you could call real-world perspective and a broader horizon introduced into our education model. We work with mentors from all different industries and professions, not just software engineers and technical people, um, to speak to our student, either during formally organized fireside chats where you know students have an opportunity to listen to a specific presentation about a topic in an informal setting and ask questions um, uh, but also really about uh, um, it's about bringing people into the space that are interacting with our students in in other ways in different ways more informally thank you nadine that was wonderful uh, is there anything else you would like to add to what you just said or anything else that you may think would enhance um, this conversation uh, I think we've covered a lot. Um, what I would say in closing is that personally, I'm very passionate about what we do. I don't have a background in education or software engineering, and I was sharing with you earlier that for me, um, you know, having this type of education model that in some ways questions where we are right now, not only in education, but also in innovation and in um, social entrepreneurship, right? Um, and, and provides a solution and creates a space for people to develop in a way that is so non-traditional and so counter to what we've been taught is exciting, right? It's, we're really, we've seen from day one, our students have built a strong community. Uh, they are working with each other to help each other succeed and to lift each other up um, versus competing against each other. And it's actually something we mentioned to them during the first week. If you compete and you approach it that way, you will be guaranteed to fail. If you embrace the peer learning and you embrace supporting your peers and also have an open mind to um, what you can learn from somebody who's very different from you, right, who thinks differently, who has a different background, looks different from you, then you will be incredibly successful. And that is also something companies will pick up on, right, that open-mindedness. And so for me, it's very exciting to be here. I'm painfully familiar with some of the challenges companies are facing because I saw it at my last company. Um, and so being able to uh, contribute in this space is an honor. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just very happy to be here and be a part of it. This is a fun space indeed, and it was uh, really, at least, you know, for me, right here in New Haven, and, you know, I've lived in this uh, area for such a long time, to, but see such exciting spaces coming up in Connecticut is certainly heartwarming, especially in the space of education. I agree. Thanks so much, Nadine. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.org. There, you can find links to our social media, we currently are active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.